So that is awesome. Johnny Fair, Cindy Nunez, Brittany Wise, Vernice Smith, Joey Renfro, Ellen Richardson. In the scripture that I was alluding to whenever I was just, just saying whatever that was just then, was Proverbs 10 or Proverbs 13:10. That might be incorrect, it might be the opposite way. But it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous runneth into it. Whoa. Because on a, on a further breakdown of that, you get, it's not just you trying to pursue Christ, and you actually have to see the Lord, but it's simply just the name of the Lord. And so, and it says the righteous runneth into it. So if you are simply just moving an inch further or a centimeter further, closer to God every single day, you're considered righteous because you're pursuing Christ. And so all you need is Jesus. All you need to overcome hell is the name of the Lord, which is Jesus. So maybe we could just say that out loud real quick. One, two, three. Jesus. Oh, and so, these names are, oh my goodness, Lord, you're too good. You are too good. If you have any need here today, I urge you to step out in faith and come forward to the front. And our ministers and your brothers and your sisters are going to step forward with you. And they're going to pray with you and you're going to be anointed by oil. And I believe that some needs are going to be met here today. Because each and every one of us are righteous simply by pursuing God a little bit more each and every day. Jesus, God, we open up this front right now for any need whatsoever. And even if it's not a need, if we simply just want to get closer to you right now, God. <laughs> oh, God. 
Lord, we thank you for everything you've done for us. And we thank you for everything you're doing for us, God. Because we know that you are not finished yet. We know you're not just a God that worked in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But God, you are still working now in our churches now, in our community now, in our world now, God. Lord, you have never forsaken a promise. You have never forsaken a child. And God, we thank you for it. In your name we pray. Amen. When you never leave me, you said that you won't forsake me. You're right beside me, and that is all that matters. You never leave me. You said that you won't forsake me. You're right beside.
There's a spirit of authority in this house right now. And I want us to let God be loosed in our life. Too many fears, too many worries, and all of that crippling stuff that is trying to prohibit our walking right into this world as the light, as the living promise, and the glory of a king. Now, let me tell you, we didn't write the book. We didn't give ourselves the first breath. It is the Lord that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are the sheep of his pasture. We are the promise of the book. We have come to him in confidence and faith, and the blood is going to do a work in your life today. As these ministers come in a few minutes, there is a spirit of authority in the house. And I want us to take advantage of it right now as they continue to sing. I want you to have confidence. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. We are walking with the leader, with the giver, and the creator. It's the Sweet me, the Lord is my anchor. The sun will find 
break of the service that we don't move from the spirit that is moving that we continue to capitalize on what is here and flowing this morning but today we are so happy to have the pedagogues here ministering with us to this morning it's going to be a phenomenal service we know and then there will be a preaching and singing and we are excited to experience what God has and what he's going to do through them and for us and uh, then tonight we're having our church Christmas party at the Family Life Center. So that's something you don't want to miss. It's going to be great. The decorations look phenomenal. It looks great. It's ready for you, and we're going to have a good time. And what time is that? Is that at 6? Is that at 6 o'clock? Be there at 6. And then on the 10th, we're going to have Reverend Jonathan and Melissa Hudson. They will be ministering here in both services, Sunday morning and Sunday night on the 10th. On the 11th, we're going to have our Ladies United Fellowship is going to be at the Family Life Center with Sister Cynthia Brown. And then on the 14th, yeah, give it up, Sister Cynthia. What? Is she in here getting that? Okay, good. <laughs> uh, on the 14th, we have our Mommy and Me cookie play date. So bring your favorite cookies and drinks to share. And uh, Mom's is going to be fellowship. And kids will be playing and having fun. And the sign-up sheet is in the foyer. And then on the 17th is going to be Christmas Sunday. And, on the, and also on the 17th, that evening will be our Youth Sunday service on the 17th. Yes. Always a phenomenal service. You want to be there for that on the 17th. And then on the 31st is our mission pledge is going to be due. If the ushers could come, we're going to take our tithe and our offering. Father, thank you for what we feel in this place and for who you are. I pray that you move, you bless what's given, and you bless the giver and anoint the ministry and the word today and anoint us to receive it and to be doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen.
God bless you as you're seated. We are so thrilled and blessed to have in the United Pentecostal Church men and women that have committed themselves, first of all, to Jesus Christ. And then they have committed themselves to help bless people everywhere they go. And we, I have given them permission if they want to run around the church just to prove all the greatness of God in their life, they're welcome to do that, or they can just simply come up here. <laughs> Some of the finest people, and my wife and I have thrilled and enjoyed being part of their world, and we want them to come and take their liberty, sing, preach, have an altar call, whatever you sense in the Holy Ghost. These are a couple that truly have followed Jesus, and they come from great educational virtues spiritually and just knowledgeably. We are honored to have you folk here and uh, just come do whatever the Lord leads you to do. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are so glad to be back in Paris, Texas. It's been a little while, and uh, so we're just thrilled to be here. Is it all right if we sing some? We come into his gates with thanksgiving and with praise. We've come into his courts to bless his name. We've come with open hearts. We've come with lifted hands. We've come to magnify the risen Lamb. We praise him with stringed instruments on the trumpets and the drums. But there's one praise that he's worthy. Praise the Lord. 
7 says that he stooped down, scooped up some dust, and made a man. Then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. If you're living and breathing today, you ought to be praising the King of Kings. Now we ought to praise him for all he has done. For life, for strength, for victories won. For there's no other like him and no other name. So worthy of worship and honor and praise. Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. I tell you, some years ago, we were at a music conference, and you can be seated. We, we had a, uh, an opportunity to sing and lift up the name of the Lord, and after we had finished, uh, as oftentimes, we're up here instead of out there. And uh, I was on this side right over here, and about, you know, halfway back, and this was going to be great because this is going to be my time now. I'm done and I can just sit here and soak up the music and just worship and just have myself a time, you know. And, and so the choir was up here and they got going and it was phenomenal. It was just great. And I was just basking in the worship. And all of a sudden, sister in front of me decided she was going to help the choir. And she jumped up right in front of me. And she just started singing with the choir and didn't have a clue what key they were in. <laughs> but she was saying, she was going now. And so I thought, now Lord, not often I get this opportunity. And, and here sister is just doing her thing here. I, you know, maybe you could scoot her down a little bit, you know. And I, I scooted down this way to get away from her and she just kept worshiping. And I thought, oh my Lord, okay. And so I waited, and I thought, well, I'll just go down this way. And so I just, and she just went with me. <clears throat> After a little bit, I got a little uh, upset. I said, now, Lord, I don't often get this opportunity, and here I am, and sister just keeps, following. she's following me from in front right here and doing the worship thing. She don't know what key she's, I was just going off, and it's like he tapped me on the shoulder, and he said, hey, 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 hey. If you were doing what she was doing, None of this would matter. Listen, he doesn't care about the sound of our voice. He just wants to hear our voice. It's not in the perfection. It's in the heart. And it's our job, every one of us, to elevate him. 
right? So I made up my mind right then, as long as I got breath, I'm going to lift up the Savior. He doesn't need an orchestra. He doesn't need a choir. A brand new song or melody to lift his name up higher. Sometimes the only thing he needs to make his heart rejoice, sometimes the only thing he needs is one small voice. So, Lord, I'm going to lift you up just as long as I have breath. Lord, I'm going to lift you Habitation of our hearts to occupy each room within, not living just a part. So we praise, we'll give you residence. I'll lift my voice and sing. Praise is unto you, O Lord. Come and build your home. As long as I have breath, Lord, I'm gonna lift you up. No matter what the rest of the world would do, long as I have breath to sing for you, Lord, I'm gonna lift you up. As long as I have breath, Lord, I'm gonna lift you up. No matter. I'm gonna lift you up. I'm gonna lift you up. I'm gonna lift you up a little higher and higher. Maybe you can sing that with me. Lift you up. I'm gonna lift you up. I'm gonna lift you up a little higher.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some say he was just a man, others claimed he could heal the sick with just one touch of his hand. He's been called a healer, a man of philosophy, but I'm here today to tell you just who Jesus is to me. He's a healer, revealer, he's the son of righteousness, Messiah, provider, and in him I put my trust, cause we you will. I know God's real. That's who Jesus is to me. That's who he is. I'd like to hear today what Bartimaeus would have to say. After Jesus touched his blinded eyes, gave him back his sight that day. The man whose hand was withered, and Jesus made it just like new. And Jairus' little daughter, who Jesus called back The son of righteousness, Messiah, provider, and in him I put my trust. Cause with his holy blood he purchased my liberty. Come on, say what you will. I know God's real. That's who Jesus is to me. soon coming king he's the giver of this song my God the reason that I sing he's a healer revealer he's the son of righteousness Messiah provider and in him I put my trust cause with his holy blood he purchased my liberty say what you will I know God's real that's who Jesus is to me a holy God and he's he's worthy of our praise in this place today he has redeemed you he has saved you he has healed you he has called you out of darkness and his name is Jesus yeah yeah oh his name is Jesus oh yeah he's holy he's worthy The son of righteousness, Messiah, provider, and in him I put my trust. Cause with his holy blood he purchased my liberty. Say what you will, I know God's real. Oh, yeah. 
you? Do you know him? Do you really know him? Hallelujah. Amen. If you've ever been touched by the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit, there is no denying what it feels like. Just one touch changes everything. One touch sets you free. One touch can heal your body. One touch can turn a life around. It's all in Jesus' name. It's all in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I have to tell you, I, I, uh, I'm a, just a church brat. It's all I've ever known. Just grew up. Anybody know what a pallet is? Yeah. Well, it's a throwback word, isn't it? Yeah, we still, we're, we're selling our house and purging. And the other day we came across some quilts, pallets, that my mother made on a real loom. I'm not talking about this modern stuff. Found some real pallets. And these were the things I grew up, I grew up, I fell asleep under a pew on, you know. Church prep. But you know what? All that being said, I still needed saving. Because there's no big eyes or little use in the kingdom. It's all about we're unworthy. And somewhere along the line, God picks us up and dusts us off and gives us a little chance. I'm telling you, it's only by the grace of God I'm standing here today. Without him, God only knows where I would be. I've got flaws and the times I've disappointed But I'll be the very first to say I've benefited by God's grace I'm standing here by the grace of God Not by my strength or the path I've trod It's not my holiness, righteousness or a sinless heart I'm standing here only by the grace of God. I don't have to say that I'm far short of perfect, but I hope it's evident God's working on me. I'm thankful every day for a tender hand of mercy that overlooks my worst mistakes unmerited amazing grace I'm standing here by the grace of God not by my strength or the path I've trod it's not my holiness righteousness or a sinless heart I'm standing here only by the grace of God could ever set me free I have no power within that could wash my sin away there's one reason one reason alone that I'm standing here today I'm standing here by the grace of God not by my strength or the path I've trod it's not my holiness righteousness or a sinless heart 
presence over the years we've had a great privilege of singing in a lot of places sometimes there were really big crowds and uh, you know just a powerful thing and you can get caught up in all that stuff lights are very attractive stages are very attractive but I'd rather be in a room with one person two people three people in the presence of God because that's all that matters. This journey's taken us a lot of places. We, 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 and we, we had a service in Nineveh. Guy calls me up. He says, hey, would you go to Nineveh? I was like, uh, okay. I wasn't sure exactly where this was leading. Is there a ship involved? <laughs> we went to Nineveh, had no idea it wasn't the pastor that called even. It was just a friend of ours, another pastor. He said, would you go to Nineveh? And yeah, man, we'll go anywhere. Had no idea what to expect. We got there. And it was a small town about maybe 40 miles south of Indianapolis. And when we pulled up to the church, it was a square building that used to be the post office in Nineveh that has one yellow blinking light. The building was about 20 by 20. And when it was time for church, it was the two of us, the pastor that invited us, his wife, the pastor of that church, and one man. Let me tell you something. We loaded up and had some church. Because it doesn't matter the number. I believe the Bible says where two or three are gathered, you can get together and have some church. And all of that stuff we talked about can happen with just a small crowd. So sometimes lights and all this stuff gets in the way, right? I wrote a song many years ago. Uh, I was coming home off a weekend tour, and, and it was late Sunday night. We had unpacked the trailer and was headed for home. It was early morning hours, and I whispered a prayer to God. I said, if you could say anything in the world you want to say and allow me to set it to music, what would you say? And this little phrase came to my mind. You'll still be Lord of all. 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 And I was thinking, well, God, if you gave me that, couldn't you give me the third line? <laughs> and he didn't. And time went on, and I would go around. It was just wearing a hold in my brain. Really? It was one of the hardest songs I've ever written. It took about three and a half years to finish. And none of it came like you would think. I mean, it's like you think, oh, well, if you're writing poetry, you write one line and then you rhyme with that. No, I'd get a line and it would be, oh, that just sounds like the next to the last line of the second verse. I don't know why. It just sounds like it goes there. Then I'd get a line, oh, that sounds like the third line of the first verse. But how do we get there? I don't know, but it just sounds like that's where it goes. And that's the way it was like patchwork. What God was doing was saying, look, you asked me what I wanted to say. Now, I'm going to say it, but you'll never take credit for this. This didn't come from your brain. You asked me, and I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you the way I want to tell you. 
What I could not have imagined in that moment was after the long period of writing, we finally recorded the song. Another year passed. Somebody called me and said, hey, you know, we want to record your song. That's awesome. That's great. And uh, never intended to do anything with it. It was the last song for their album. But a year and a half passed, and they said, we don't have anything else to put out, so we decided to go ahead and single your song. Wow, that's awesome. In October of 1988, uh, they singled the song. How could I have known when I whispered the prayer? that some of the major Christian network people would fall into sin all in one month. And all of the lights and the cameras and everything would come crashing down. How could I have known that six, seven years before when I whispered that prayer? But God knew. And the next month, it went to number one in the nation because it reminded everybody, you can climb your ladders you can be under the lights, but they're just kingdoms. Whenever a kingdom crumbles, every kingdom falls, I'm still going to be Lord of everything. It took seven years to get there, but God had something to say. Surrounded by confusion, always hurt. The pace is fast to my best to last Through another day Of building up my kingdom Block for block I reach for more And dream of ways to stay ahead Of where I've been before Times I try to rule this world that I have claimed as mine Leaving all my thoughts of you And who you are behind But when I'm gone And all I've owned Is just a thought in time You'll still be Lord of Till we're one and the 
realm of earthly kingdoms crumbles into flames, you'll still be just to know him, what a privilege. Thank you so much for allowing us to be here and worship with you today. Thank you, Pastor and Sister Meyer, great friends, and we love them and appreciate them so much. You are very blessed here in Paris, Texas with great leadership. <laughs> Served the district, or I should say districts, in so many different fashions and on the board and the ladies' ministry and so many other things. I want to say thank you to this church for lending your leadership to a greater cause. You deserve a hand for that yourself. It's always a powerful thing when you have great leadership, but it's even more powerful when you share that leadership, and so thank you for doing that. It is a great honor to be here in uh, Paris with you today. I want to say thanks to Micah and Heather up in the crow's nest for their help today. I want to turn your attention just for a short while today to Mark chapter 5, not an altogether uh, new story, but maybe we can glean something from it today. Mark chapter 5 and verse 27, amen. It's the story of Jesus in the crowd and the woman with the issue, but I think it's a greater story than just her story today. Mark 5, 27, and when she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Verse 32 says, and he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. 
she needed a savior. There are those around that would say she needed a doctor. Many would say she needs a surgeon. But it was deeper than that. What she needed was a savior. Not just a doctor. Anybody ever been to the hospital? Anybody ever know somebody who didn't just need a doctor? They needed a savior because it was much worse than what human minds could conceive. Somebody today, I believe, needs a savior. And he's here today. She was an insignificant member of the crowd that day, just someone suffering. And she came along. In our text, the master was on his way to the house of Jairus. He was a, a well-known man there. He was a ruler of the synagogue, and he was on, on his way, and he had come to Jesus. He said, my daughter is vexed. She's about to die. Can you come and heal her? And Jesus, of course, said, sure, I, I will do that. But here's the wonderful thing that I love about our Lord and Savior. He was on his way to fulfill a task he had agreed to do, but along the way in the crowd, he stopped and said, wait, 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 somebody touched me. Lord, with the press, anybody could, no, 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 somebody touched me. On his way, this great Lord and Savior of ours, this Atlas, if you will, who's holding up the universe, who keeps the seasons in control, this one who is in control of everything was so sensitive that he perceived somebody had simply touched his garment and compassion came forth out of him and he turned and said, somebody touched me. I want to tell you, regardless of where you think he might be today in this great universe, he's coursing up and down these aisles today waiting for somebody to reach out and touch the hem of his garment. And he's compassionate enough to stop all else going on in the universe for your need and for your need and for your need. Does anybody need a savior today? What compassion. He was on his way to do one task and he stopped because somebody had a need. Now it's interesting. We just came through the summer a while back, North American Youth Congress. and It's easy if we're not careful, you know. In our humanity, sometimes we pass right by things that God can't pass by because this compassion is so much greater. If we're not careful, we'll pass somebody by, right? We're, I was not at Youth Congress this year. My wife and I, we were on our way to uh, Texas, but uh, I, I got to noticing some of the posts on Facebook after. It was interesting. If you will, throw up that first picture, Heather. Uh, did we get that? Yeah, there it is. I read Adina Hush Robinson wrote this. She said, this beautiful woman is an employee of the convention center in St. Louis. She was at her post at the elevator, not even in the service. But when we approached her, there were tears streaming down her face. And she was visibly moved by what she was hearing from the arena. I simply went over and asked her if we could pray for her. And she broke down and said, please pray for me. Put up the second picture. And there they are. The third picture. And she finished the post by saying, we were so blessed to be a part of her deliverance and her receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost standing next to an elevator in a football stadium. 
Because compassion knows no boundaries. Compassion knows no limits. Wherever there's a hungry heart that's willing to cry out, our great Savior stops everything in the universe and says, what do you need? What do you need? Oh, well, that's powerful, but that's just one instance that could happen. Well, it did. Rhonda Hurst said it this way. She said, uh, never underestimate young people, and especially those that are full of the Holy Ghost. Our bus driver for NAYC was so impressed with the kids on the bus that she pulled off of the highway onto the shoulder. She turned around and she said, you've got to tell me what's different about you young people. And they began to witness to her and tell her, well, it's the power of the Holy Ghost. She broke down. She said, you mean this is for everybody? And they said, it's for everybody. Even me, throw up that picture. Even me, even you. Those young people laid hands on her on the side of the road and God baptized her with the Holy Ghost in the bus driver's seat on the bus. I'm telling you, this great Savior of ours is here today. Whatever you need, he's got what you need. But you have to ask. It's like the Canaanite woman. She came to Jesus in Matthew 15 and she said, look, my daughter's vexed with a, a devil. And he answered her not a word, but she just kept crying. And, and he said, I, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she said, I realize that, Lord, but help me. I need some help. And he said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. She was not Hebrew. She was an outcast. She was considered a dog. And he said, true, 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 Lord. She said, but even the dogs get the crumbs from the table. She would not go away. Importunity said, I'm not leaving here because of my daughter and I know you have the power. I believe in your power. And he turned to her and he said, oh woman, great is thy faith. Compassion again took over. But she had to go after it. She had to go after it. I believe there's another story in there that my wife just sang about, blind Bartimaeus. He had sat on that corner all his life all of his life, but this day he heard there was a savior. This day he began to cry out, oh, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody began to quiet him down. Come on, Bart, be quiet. Man, he's gonna come through. He's liable to preach a little bit and speak a little bit. We can't hear him. He said, you don't understand. I've been sitting on this corner my entire life and I'm blind. But somebody said, a savior was coming through. I may never have this opportunity again. I will take my shot right now. Oh, son of David. Come on, Bart, be quiet. No, 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 you don't understand. I'm not gonna be put down. I'm not gonna be shut up. I know the Savior's here. I need my sight. I need a Savior. I need a Savior. I need a Savior. Young man raised in Indiana, Matt Yater. I don't know if you've had Matt here yet or not. If you haven't, you should at some point. My God, what a, what a young man. Matt was raised in a rough neighborhood in a rough situation. He got into drugs and started a meth lab, figured this is the way to get rich quick. And uh, somewhere along the way, God began to deal with him and he just laughed at God and kept making meth and you know, polluting the neighborhood. But God has a mysterious and wonderful way sometimes of bringing us a little lower. And one day the meth lab blew up in his face, took his eyesight. He went to court, the judge sentenced him, went to prison. But one day... <clears throat> He could hear people walking by and he, he asked his cellmate, he said, where, where, what's going on, where are they going? They said, well, there's this fella 
who does a Bible study down here. Aren't you thankful for people who are willing to go into prisons? It's not for everybody, but for those people that are called to it, oh, my word, you're going to the very place that it's needed maybe the most. He said, oh, Bible study. Well, after a few days, it just kept eating at him. Finally, he says, hey, clank, 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 clank. Can you let me go to the Bible study? They said, sure. So they led him down there. Well, it was in short order that Matt Yater acquiesced to the Spirit of God. God baptized him with the Holy Ghost. That's a powerful thing. Still blind. Comes out of prison. Can't understand it. He was supposed to be there for years. Suddenly his sentence is set aside. Don't know how it happened. That's called mercy. See, it's not just compassion. It's mercy and it's grace. Because God saw something in Matt that was usable. Matt comes out, starts looking around trying to find somebody that knows something about this and lands at Life Tabernacle there, Brother Mark Johnson's church. And uh, Brother Johnson begins to mentor him and help him. And uh, <clears throat> long short of it is, Matt said, I need to go to Bible college. Well, hold on just a minute. You're shortly out of prison. You're kind of a loose cannon. And Matt, he, no, no, you don't understand. I'm telling you, God's telling me I need to go to Bible school. Well, you got any money? No. Well, I, I don't know, but God's telling me. Okay, you think you can do it. Well, you know, I don't know how Matt does what Matt does, but he's tenacious and somehow he found the money and came to Indiana Bible College. This is the kind of guy Matt is. He realized that the boys' dorm is across the street from the campus and down about a block. No sidewalks, just a gutter on the side. Well, in Indiana, we get snow. Not a lot there in Indianapolis, but we get snow. So he, he said, man, I, I can't get to classes so he goes down to city hall and he says uh, I need a sidewalk to which the city manager smiled at him and said well I understand sir that you need a sidewalk but do you understand we don't have number one the time nor the resources to put in a sidewalk just because you came in here and asked us for a sidewalk he says did you notice that I'm blind he said well yes but you know, that's, you understand this is going to cost seven hundred fifty, and maybe $800,000 to do the thing you're talking about doing. He said, did you notice I'm blind? <laughs> well, sir, he said, no, you listen to me. You do not want me spouting my mouth off to everybody in Indianapolis and in Indiana that you told a blind man to go trudging down through the gutter to get to class. And six months later, there was a sidewalk and a crosswalk. <laughs> he graduates, tells his pastor, he says, I, I feel like I need to get my, my master's degree. Oh, Matt, you know, I, I, I don't know, honey. So he, he goes on and gets his master's degree. He comes back and he says, Pastor, I got an idea. I think I can create a Braille system that will break the code of foreign languages. We can get into Hebrew and we can get into Greek and we can help... And he says, oh, Matt. He says, no, no, I think I can do this. Well, he is right now working with some people that is going to be a revolutionary piece of software that will totally change for blind people, the Braille and all that, but it also is breaking the code on ancient languages. You see, God says, I can see something in this boy. So he says, I have to go to Jerusalem. Wait, hold on, Matt. He said, no, i got to go to Jerusalem. I want to study in the university there. He said, first of all, you have to be Jewish by blood. Second of all, you have to have two rabbis. 
to, you know, sponsor you. He said, Matt, Matt, Matt. He said, just give me a shot. Just let me go. He said, okay. Do you have any money? No. I figured out. Well, a lot of us, you know, helped him. Gave him a little money here. Gave him a little He got enough to get over there. And Matt just finds a friend, and he says, hey, I'm looking for a place to live. They said, well, they have this post down here. You just take one of those things and call about rooms to rent and all that. So he, he says, well, get me one of those. He said, make the phone call for me. He talks to him, and he rents a room. He goes down there, and he moves into this apartment, has nothing but what's in a suitcase, and his little dog, you know, his service dog. And he goes in there, and the next morning he's sitting at the table, and uh, he's reading his Bible, his Braille Bible. And, and a young lady walks up, and she says, well, what are you reading? He says, well, I'm reading the Bible. She said, oh, interesting. By the second day, it was her and a young man. And then he was telling somebody about this, and they said, Matt, do you realize you're living in a co-ed situation there? He said, dude, I'm blind. <laughs> well, about day seven or eight, they're all sitting at the table with him, and he's teaching a Bible study. Little known to Matt, the young girl, the first one that walked up to him, she was the daughter of the mayor of Jerusalem. And the young man that walked up was the son of the rabbi at the university. Long and short of it is, Matt is now attending the university because he found out that his grandmother was half Jewish. Never discount what God may want to do in your life. And compassion can take over. And sometimes we have all these walls and blocks about what can and cannot happen. I'm here to tell somebody today, the compassion of our Savior when we acquiesce to his spirit and let him move in our lives. But sometimes we come to church and we say, well, it's for that person, it's for that. No, it's for you. I'm asking somebody, do you need a Savior? I'm not talking about a stopgap measure. I'm not talking about, oh, just get me through Sunday. I'm saying, do you need a Savior? She was desperate. She said, I'll do whatever it takes. Now, she was nobody from nowhere. But can I say this? God is no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter your pedigree. It doesn't matter your bank account. It doesn't matter whether you're popular or unpopular, or beautiful or ugly. It just doesn't matter. You're all his creation. And he's saying, I'm your savior, but you gotta reach out to me. Reach out to me. It's a powerful thing. Mark 5 and 28 says, For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. But, but I like what Matthew says better. Matthew 9 21 says, For she said within herself. Now listen. It matters what you say to other people. But it matters more what you say to yourself because we're our own worst enemies. Well, you know, I just don't think, well, it just probably won't. Well, no, you need to get past that. You need to understand you're chosen. You need to understand you're, you, you're, you're a royal priesthood. You're peculiar. God's looking down on this place today saying, do you understand you're my child? You're my creation? You're not just another thing floating around out here in space taking up air. No, you're a child of God. And he's saying, I can do whatever you need, but you have to reach out to me. Does anybody need a savior today? We do tour groups to Israel and Jordan. And a few years ago, we were... Uh, going through the old city and 
our guide, Hezzy, he's now 86 years old and can just about outwalk and perform anybody in this room. He's an amazing man. He was standing on the Golan Heights day six of the war back in the 60s. He was an officer. I mean, he's brilliant. He's got several degrees in biblical history and archaeology and all that. I love Hezzy, but, but Hezzy is very clear. He says, Pastor, I said, I love you people. I love apostolics. I'll tell you why. He said, people bring groups over here and they have them kissing rocks and crying over this and that. He says, it's just a rock. <laughs> he said, they got people coming over here and touching doorknobs and all this other stuff. It's just a doorknob. <laughs> he said, and what's greater, you come over here and somebody says, where's the upper room? And somebody will tell him, this is the upper room. He says, how do they know that? This city's been totally destroyed seven times and rebuilt. We don't know where the upper room is and neither do these guys. Thank you for being honest. You tell people the truth. So we're walking down the Via Dolorosa, the stations of the cross, on these roads that have been rebuilt seven times, but, you know, you have to have a tour, right? And so we go to the first one and then the second stage, and finally we make this turn and we go to the fourth or fifth stage, whatever it is. And when we turn the corner on this street, which is really only about eight feet wide, another tour group is coming down the other side of the street, and they're all stopping at this one brick, it's kind of concave, and every one of them is touching the brick and putting their face in it, kissing the brick and all that. And we're sitting here going, Hezzy, what is that? He says, oh, this is the fifth station of the cross. This is where they say he fell. And when he fell, his hand hit the wall. They think if they touch or kiss that, it's going to do something to transform their life. It's just a brick. I stood in amazement and watched the entire bus go by, putting their face on it, touching it, kissing that brick. And what I wanted to scream out if I could spoke their language, that rock means absolutely nothing. It's just a brick. That's not even the brick. But let me take you to the rock that can change your life. It's not about a place. It's not about a rock. It's not about a slab of marble. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ who can come down and transform a life, change it forever. But you gotta reach out and ask for a savior. Now listen, this woman was nobody but until Jesus touched her and that's all it took. She just came down saying, I need a savior. Well, somebody in this place needs to, to pony up and say, you know what? I, I got a few needs of my own and I need a savior today. I need a savior and I'm not gonna be turned aside today. Today's gonna be different. I mean, that's what Bartimaeus did, wasn't it? That's what the Canaanite woman did, wasn't it? He said, no, 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 I'm not gonna be turned away. I'm a living, breathing child here. You created me, so God, I need a savior. I need a savior. I need a savior. Sometimes it's a powerful thing when situations and circumstances get in our way. Well, I, 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 would, I would go down front, but, you know, if I went down front, people would think I'm a horrible sinner. People would think, oh, what have they done? What law have they broken? What, what statute out of this book has come against them? I would, but you, you know what? It just doesn't matter, folks. We're talking about eternity here. We're talking about your life here. We're talking about what really matters here, circumstances, situations. Well, you don't understand 20 years ago. I was walking out that door back there and the pastor totally shunned me. He didn't even shake my hand and I was highly offended and I, you know, I just, I, oh, come on, let's get over that. 
let's get over that. There's one Christian comedian, he had a little line that I kind of like. He, he talks about something absurd like that, and he says, oh, come on, put a helmet on. Grow up, put a helmet on. We gotta get past all these little hurts and things. They don't mean a thing, folks. I'm asking you, this is about eternity. This is about your healing. This is about your life. Is anybody in here need a savior? How bad do you need a savior? You'll get past all that stuff. Yeah. Pride. It's one of the worst. Now, I'll say right up front, disclaimer, I talked to Cleveland Beckton about this, so you'll just know he laughed, and we remain friends. We used to do a series of video interviews called Time to Talk. We did one with Cleveland Beckton. He was the general secretary of the United Pentecostal Church for many, many years, pastored a great church in Nashville, Tennessee. But as a young boy, as a teenager, he was really a prodigy, piano virtuoso unbelievable pianist at just a young age. He was actually teaching in the Stamps Baxter Music Comp- uh, Stamps Baxter Music School in South Oak Cliff, Dallas when he was like 14, 15 years old. So one of the Southern Gospel Quartets hired him and he began to play for them and he, you know, his, his fame grew. And uh, they came, I used to call him Mr. Clean. I, that's what I was telling him. I said, I have to confess that I, I called you Mr. Clean forever because you're perfect. I said, forgive me, but I just, when I see you, I've never seen you that your hair was not perfect, and it was wavy. Everything was perfect. I've never seen his hair must. Every time I see you, uh, he, he wasn't a big man. He was maybe five, six, five, seven, something like that. But every time you saw him, he had, I don't know if it was a Brooks Brothers, I don't know what kind of suit, but it was perfect. It was perfect. Everything, the pant length, the sleeve length, the tie was always perfect, the collars, the this, it was perfect. It was like he stepped right off the page of a magazine. And I said, I call you Mr. Clean. I'm sorry, but that's what I call you because you're perfect, you know. He always knew exactly what to say. He was so eloquent. Harvest time speaker for many, many years. But this is what he said. He says, Brother Tim, let me tell you about all this perfectness. He said, when I was playing, we went to a revival and I, I didn't know much about this apostolic thing. But I got to watching people. And man, something was happening. And after a night or two, I, I wanted some of that. And so I decided that when the service is over, I'm going to go down front and get me some of that. So I walked down front. And I said, Lord, I, uh, I understand I have need of you. And. I see all of this going on, so I'll have some of this. And I looked around, and everybody else was being blessed, and I just stood there. So I got kind of embarrassed because nothing happened. So finally, I backed away from the altar, and I went, man, that just doesn't work for me. And uh, second night, he went back down front, and he said, Lord, I really... I really believe that this is something special here and I'll, uh, I'll have some of this. Nothing. Night after night. But he's now he's starting to get a little terse with the Lord. And after several nights he went, now Lord, listen, I don't know what you're doing with these other people or what's wrong with me, but I, I want some of this. And nothing. It finally got down to the point where he said, I'm getting it this night. 
And he went down and he said, God, I don't know what you have to do, but I am not leaving here without what these people have. And when I came to, he said, my hair was standing straight out. My tie was over my back. My shirt tail was hanging out. And they told me that I had rolled from one side of the altar to the other for 45 minutes speaking in tongues. And from that day to this, I've not worried about anything because that night, God transformed me. But it took me saying, I don't care what I have to do to get it. I just want your spirit, Lord. Come on, stand with me. I'm finished. I'm finished. I just asked somebody, do you need a savior? He's walking up and down these aisles today, but he's waiting on somebody to say, God, I don't care what you have to do to me. I don't care what you need from me. I just need a savior. I need a savior. Oh, I don't know what's going on in this room, but in a room this size, surely there's somebody that has a physical need. Maybe you haven't gotten your healing yet. Now, I'm just gonna lay it out on the line and say, I don't know if he will, but I know he can. Maybe you've got a job situation that's not exactly right. I don't know that he will, but I know he can. And I would take the chance just like that woman with the issue did. You know what? She didn't see a billboard. Nobody sent her an invitation. She just heard, by the way, that a Savior was coming through town, and that's all it took for her. If there's a Savior coming to town, I'm going to get mine. So I'm asking you today, do you need a Savior? Do you need a Savior? I'm telling you what, it doesn't matter if you've been in the church 50 years or this is your first time. The Savior is in the house and whatever you need, he's got your answer today. So I'm opening up the altar right now. If you have a need, come on right now, claim that need. Claim it in Jesus' name. God, I'm putting it on the altar today and I'm putting it in your hands and I don't care what it takes or how you have to bring the answer to me, but God, I need a Savior. I'm desperate for an answer. I need you to move in my life. I need you to move in my heart. And I don't care what it takes, God. I don't care what it takes. I need a Savior. I need a Savior. I need your spirit working in my life, God. I need direction. I need answers, God. I'm not sure what's happening or where I'm going, but God, lead me where I need to go, God. In Jesus' name, come on, cry out to the Lord. Cry out to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Cry out to Him right now. I'm falling to grace. I'm done with the high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need a Savior. I need a Savior. Father again and again I want to 
Your spirit lives within 